1: Hey, hey, guys. Thank
2: you so much for joining us here once again this week for your favorite podcast, Anchor Moms. Um, This week we talked to two moms. Um, They are business partners, and they have formed um, what's called Fueling Life Nutrition. They are Tiffany Ricci and... Kendra Miller. And as I said, they are two nutritionists and registered dietitians and they're certified fitness coaches. And sort of their whole thing is that they believe all moms are athletes and have the power to gain body confidence. Um, They talk about some uh, great exercise tips, uh, food tips. Um, Karen, I know you especially liked their, their tips for family dinners, which You know, sounds easy, but as we all know, just really, really complicated. So we kind of delve in deep, talk about a couple of things, and I think there's a lot to take away with this, guys. Yeah, and also you um,
1: you can go to their website if you are interested after this and do a free performance call. So one woman lives in Montana, the other one lives in North Carolina. It doesn't matter where you live you can get online and you can get, um, you know, dietary advice, fitness advice. Um, these women both have multiple kids. They have a history of, um, running and biking and they're just very fit women. They're very knowledgeable. Um, and this is kind of like your free session. This podcast
2: is like your first free session. So here you go. (laughs) You're welcome. All right. Thanks for joining us. We have Tiffany Ricci and uh, Kendra Miller here of Fueling Life Nutrition. Hi guys. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Right. Thanks for having us. So tell us a little bit about your story. We've looked at your website. We've done our own research, but just for the folks who are listening right now, tell us how this all kind of came together and how you guys know each other. Cause that's sort of an interesting story as well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Tiffany and I met in Alaska. We recently moved from there and, um, but we worked together in the years past. We worked remotely. So we were, we're used to kind of getting in touch with other, each other over the phone or via email or, you know, telehealth medicine, whatever it might be. So we were used to that. when we moved me to North Carolina and Tiffany to Montana, we were both running fitness businesses. And in the midst of mom life and kind of like trying to keep our head above the water, so to speak, in a lot of ways but we realized in the midst of it that we just really wanted to get back to nutrition. We're both registered dietitians and we had this passion for nutrition and it just kind of went to the wayside once we had kids. And we wanted to bring that into our fitness businesses as well. So we teamed up and we're like, we have this great idea. Let's run with it. Let's get this education to the moms that need it. We know what they need because they've told us. And it grew from there (laughs) to be honest. And so we developed Feeling Life Nutrition and now we are serving mother athletes in different capacities, really focusing on nutrition. But we recognize that not only do they need nutrition advice or really accurate and expert tips, but they need accountability and support and the group atmosphere that helps them reach their goals. And so that's what we're here to do. So you guys so I noticed you, Tiffany, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself first and then um, go to Kendra?
0: Yes. So I am a mom. I have three boys, um, almost eight, five and three. And my husband, um, we, we used to live in Alaska and then we moved here and he still works in Alaska. So for like two oh. weeks, um, oh. I'm a very sane, calm, loving person. And then when he leaves, <laughs> it's just sort of crazy. and chaotic. So. With three
1: boys. Oh my goodness.
0: Yes, but they're so much fun and they see the world so differently than girls do. And so it's really just opened my eyes to like how fun smashing things can be and how fun <laughs> getting dirty can be. So <laughs> sure. Yeah. And you're
1: in Montana, so they're asleep right now.
0: Yes. Yes, they are asleep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, okay. And, and what is your background, um, uh, oh. like your, your nutrition background, your athleticism, that sort of thing?
0: Yes, Um, so I am an endurance person for fitness, like I love running long distances, biking long distances, Um, and I was um, in fitness, stroller fitness for moms for a while, owned um, two locations and um, as a personal trainer, and I just, I I love being able to help people um, find fitness fun. And um, and as a dietitian, I worked clinical, long-term care, private practice, but I love, um, like what Kendra said, like helping mother athletes in this season, because you just know how busy it is. And like, mm-hmm. often our nutrition gets thrown by the wayside. Um, and we're trying to help mother athletes be, you know, kind of take that back. So this is my, um, this is my very sweet spot. I love, nut- I love, and then Kendra and I both can nerd out on nutrition together and like send each other articles or have you listened to this podcast. And so that's been fun. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so what's so, the number one question that folks ask you, like that moms ask you, cause you said that, you know, you feel like there's a huge need for this service. So like, what's the very specific thing that you guys hear over and over again?
1: how can I lose weight? I feel like that's one of those things that moms ask all the time because you're, you're post baby. And it's something that our diet culture has really instilled upon us. Like you need to get back to your pre-baby weight. How do you do that? And especially with the population that we serve, we get that question all the time. And it's, um, I don't want to say that it's a hard one to answer, but we really want to get moms out of that mindset of, the number on the scale is what matters and it's more important and how you feel in your body and what how is your body serving you? And are you taking care of yourself? You know, are you feeling your body appropriately? First, before we even get to the weight loss aspect of it, we want to make sure that they're taking care of themselves and understand the reasons why, you know, maybe, maybe they do need to lose weight. Maybe they want to feel better in their bodies. Maybe they're just stressed about food and what they think they're supposed to eat is not exactly what's going to fuel their body well. And so we want to get down to that first and foremost before we help them reach those fitness goals beyond that, whether it's weight loss or, you know, muscle gain, whatever it might be.
3: One thing that I noticed after having kids, um, was just how much, you know, and and it makes sense, but you maybe don't think about it as much until you're kind of on the other side of it is how much your body changes and how, you know, I feel like exercises and, and what I ate pre-kids, uh, impacted my body one way, but then maybe I'm doing the same thing post-kids, but, my body looks so different. Can you talk about that? And just how there is such a huge change, right? That happens with your body. And, and I feel like, you know, I maybe am not doing a good enough job of realizing what changed and how I need to change my routine to help myself better.
0: That's a, that's a great concern. And we get that question a lot. And a lot other things that change just beside your body are your sleep habits, which I mean, definitely impacts, I mean, there's no making up sleep. Like if you got woke up in the middle of the night, like when are you going to make it up? I mean, you're just, so we get really far behind on sleep, which impacts our hormones tremendously. And that can just make it more difficult. Plus our energy levels, you know, we just, the, the thought of when we ate maybe was not as much on our mind before kids, because once you have kids, you're on such a routine, like, okay, we get up, they have breakfast, you know, they do all these things. And then the day goes by and you find maybe you haven't eaten anything. So your body is running more on empty than it was before pre kids. And that is what is a lot of the impact. And then plus, you know, just the way that your body changes, like you had, um, especially with a biological birth, obviously like you had a bait, like there was something moving around your organs and they just don't, you know, settle back a hundred percent. And, um, and so that can definitely be changing, and there just might be skin that just never goes away. Because once your body has had a baby, it's like, "Okay, we did it once. Let's do it again. Let's do it again." You know, so <laughs> it gets it gets ready for that. Um, and so that and and that just also impacts the change. But it's definitely we find that when we work with our clients, like, make sure that you're drinking water. Make sure that you're getting sleep. Make sure that you're eating regularly, especially breakfast. And once they start putting those things into place, exercise has more of an impact than it did before. And what do we do about
2: that extra skin?
1: We just like slice it off and put space on and just like ignore it. Like it's like not there. Love it. Embrace it. Embrace (laughs) it for the meaning behind it. Like that is that is just this gift. That it's a reminder. Like oh gosh, like you've given your this gift of life into the world, and so kind of changing it and tiffany and i've been talking a lot about uh, this recently but that body positivity like oh my gosh these stretch marks are amazing because they they symbolize so much and so much of what i've overcome and that's been gifted to me and so kind of reframing that too is another fun part but yeah
3: even if we don't want that skin, it's still there but it can be a fun part to do you do you find i feel like we we talked about this recently um but do you find that You know, you do see some moms posting on Instagram, like these just fit bodies, like two months postpartum. Um, And you're like, oh my gosh, like, how is that possible? (laughs) I mean, are those people just like crazy exercisers and nutritionists? Or is that like, is that the, you know, very rare situation? And, and, And is that hard for you guys when you have clients who might see things like that and be like, wait, I want that. Can I get that? You know? Can I get that six pack two, two months postpartum? Absolutely. I think that's um that's definitely one of those things that our clients, you know, you
1: see these things on social media and you you idolize them for lack of a better term. And you want that, but it, we have to you have to remember it comes down to the individual. And both Tiffany and I are pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coaches, and so we've been trained to understand, okay, this is what is appropriate before pregnancy during pregnancy and after pregnancy. and You know, each body is different and what one body can do is different from the next body. And so, for example, those people that you see on Instagram that are super fit two months postpartum, well, maybe they had a different pregnancy experience. Maybe they had a different pre-pregnancy experience. And so what works for them is not necessarily going to work for the next person or the next person after that. And it probably won't. So, really getting into the individual is super important to understand what their needs are when it comes to nutrition, what it, their needs are when it comes to fitness, and really tailor them to their specific goals and to where they are at in life. Right. So and Tiff, oh, go ahead, Tiffany.
0: And I was just going to say, what do their parents look like? Because if you've got Mm. like um, a supermodel mom and like a beach body dad and they (laughs) kind of come together and then like like, that's their genetics. And then you look like at somebody else that has two stout parents, you know, that are hardy, then that hardy person may never get the six pack. And so, and the other piece of this is that are, you know, they might look like that, but are they having pelvic floor issues? Like, they're not telling you that I'm peeing my pants the entire time that I'm running to get this body. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- those other sacrifices that go on, we just don't see that. So like what Kinder said, everybody is different. And there's so many factors that play into that. Um, but I wish that they would kind of post like their parents. Like, this is yeah. what my-
3: <laughs> Um For the record, though, I think I would rather... Pee while I'm running to get the six, pack, just for the <laughs> <laughs> like, Yeah, you could I wear would, a diaper, no problem. Yeah, like I would do that. Yeah. Yeah. That.
1: <laughs> Easy fix. Easy fix. Um, okay, Tiffany, Kendra, um, I so I'm pregnant. I'm expecting my third child in August. Um, and let me tell you, I am not motivated right now in terms of my fitness routine, which if you knew me before being pregnant, you know, I I love working out, um, it makes me feel good. But I just feel like crap when I'm pregnant all the time. And the last thing that I want to do is to work out. So help me get motivated. What are some tips? Oh, I totally feel you. First of all, that was me during my pregnancies. And I just (laughs) didn't So you're not alone. Even you feel that way. (laughs) But the main part is it's just to, for one, socialize. Do it. Find something fun that you enjoy, whether it's taking a walk with your friends, going out for a hike, taking your two other kiddos out. Do something active. Exercise doesn't have to be some format of CrossFit or boot camp or spin class, whatever it may be. Find something that just gets you moving and that keeps your body functioning and fluid and enjoy it that's the main thing that Tiffany and I really encourage whenever it comes to fitness is find it find an activity you enjoy it doesn't have to be what the next person enjoys but if you enjoy it and it gets you moving and active that's great
0: right and the fact that you have two other kids so like you're never not moving i mean you're up and down and if your little ones like having to throw them on a changing table and, you know, getting their clothes and sitting, like plopping down to do their shoes and standing up to help them with their coat. Like it's so, there's so much work that this is why we believe that all mothers are mother athletes, because it's a tremendous amount of work. And so your body is also creating a human being. And so if, if a walk with your kids and them playing in the rain or puddles or whatever, um, and I know you guys have had almost like more snow than we've had in Montana. So like playing in the <laughs> snow, you know, is, is something that they, um, that you enjoy then yes, because you'll get there. But if you wear yourself out now, then you're not going to have the energy post baby. Um, and what, how far along are you? Just four months. Okay. So that's still like, I didn't really feel very good during my break. Preg- I only, my oldest two are adopted. So I was only pregnant one time. Okay. And um, I didn't like, just like Kendra, like, ugh, I just like, there's a belly well, you know, in the way.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's hard because, you know, I mean, <clears throat> especially you know when you're pregnant, you're literally getting bigger by the day. Like you're gaining weight every day of your life, which is <laughs> such a defeating feeling. It's almost like you just want to put your hands up and be like, okay, I'll deal with this. And like, deal with this next year, you know, when I'm like done having the baby. But, you know, I feel like also that's a really bad way to think about this because you also want to feel good about yourself during this pregnancy, which is such a hard thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. And the other flip side of that is, you know, Tiffany mentioned energy too. Like if you don't have the energy in order to put into the exercise, that's one thing. So making sure that, you're fueling your body with lots of snacks, lots of water. You're going to need that as your blood volume is increasing during pregnancy. So making sure you're staying hydrated is going to be one of the key factors in uh-huh. feeling good too. And that's an easily one, easily one that you can forget during
3: pregnancy as well. One of the things can- you just mentioned was, oh, go ahead, Katie. No, you go ahead. Um, one of the things you just talked about was the energy. Um, talk about what foods, I saw a post that you guys had recently about foods that energize you and kind of keep you going. Um, is caffeine bad? Like, what, what are the things we should be doing? You know, we've got these long days that just wear you out. What are the best things to eat um, to keep us going as moms? Well, oh, go ahead, Kendra.
1: I, I was just going to. So our kind of mantra that we encourage all of our mother athletes in is breakfast like a queen, lunch like a princess, and dinner like a pauper. So what that means is you wanna fuel the most active parts of your day. And so in order to do that, you need to fuel your body from the beginning of the day so it can last you throughout the rest of it. You don't need to fuel for sleep per se, So you don't need to eat as much right before dinner. So it's not as much about the like, perfect foods to eat for energy, but making sure you're giving yourself lots of energy at the beginning of the day so it can last you throughout it. Again, we talked about hydration and making sure that you are staying on top of that. But another thing is, is afternoon snacks. So when you're eating an afternoon snack, you want to make sure that you're having carbohydrates. Carbs are good.
3: People, Uh like,
1: that's it. If we could get that one message across. Carbs are good. You need them, especially when it comes to energy. And so making sure you have carbohydrates is going to be critically important to making sure you have a lot of energy. And when you pair those with a protein, fat, and fiber source, let's say, like, apples with some peanut butter. So you get the apples for the carbohydrates and peanut butter gives you a little bit of fat and protein there. That's going to hit the satiety factor. It's going to last longer and it's going to give you that energy for a more sustained time. And caffeine, I'll let Tiffany, you want to add on caffeine on that?
0: (laughs) Well, caffeine does, um, it's, it, it can impact our hormones overall as females. So, um, it's, it is beneficial, but not, but you can't overdo it. So I think the highest recommendation, I always have to look up this number is 400 milligrams, like two three. cups of coffee, 300, 300 milligrams. Um, so that's like two, two cups of coffee, three cups of coffee. It's
1: cups. about three cups of coffee. And yes. then during pregnancy, <laughs> it's 200 milligrams. And that's so right. it's about two two cups of coffee. So you can have up to two cups of coffee, like eight ounce cups. They're not going to be like your Starbucks, fifty. you can't have two of them. That's who else, I mean, I shake during those, who wouldn't, um, right. but making sure that you're, um, kind of limiting that and doing what it goes, like what your body can tolerate wherever you're at in life. And then on top of that, I think, K- uh, Karen was mentioning that, um, caffeine can actually help with, um, your energy when it comes to exercise. So exercise alone. So if you haven't been taking in caffeine, you know, with, we're talking about specifically the athlete that's looking to improve their performance times for example, um, then we might want to look at caffeine and seeing how that can give you a little bit of a faster pace because it's delaying the pain that you're feeling from muscle fatigue. So it does have a little Hmm. bit of what they call an ergogenic aid to it. Um, whenever we're talking about the exercise, but for general mom life, it can totally help. Um, just get you up and
0: going as we all know, (laughs) I'm sure a little bit of coffee in the morning can really start the day off. Right. Right. And then, on the flip side, making sure that you're not having it too late in the day, and you'll say, and people say, "Oh, I can drink coffee up to nine o'clock at night and it not affect my sleep, really? I mean, you kind of have to well, why don't you try taking it away like stopping caffeine you know ten hours before you go to bed, and that allows it to fully get out of your system so that you can actually really deep rest so you might be able to sleep, but if you're not getting that really um, good sleep, then you're not as rested so having it in the morning like it's um and like, even if you have to ward off the kids with like a stick, just like, let me drink my warm cup of coffee. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it's definitely, it's definitely beneficial. And um, when Kendra was saying about the exercise, you have to um, wean yourself off for a while and train with it in order for it to be effective to like, what do you start about two weeks before your event? I think it's you start, about two weeks before. Yeah. You start putting it back in. So um, hmm. if you know that you've got like a big plane, you know, you've got a big trip coming up. You could, as a mom, like you could train like an athlete for this and you could take it back, you know, and then have it ready. Um, so that you are ready when you have to fly with all of your kiddos or whatever that looks like, um, in this pandemic world, but (laughs) interesting.
2: So can you talk about, postpartum working out, exercising, when, when should you start and what sort of exercises do you guys recommend? I know you guys, it sounds like you guys are big runners, right?
0: <laughs> We're try, we try to be, yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, uh, Tiffany, yeah. I'll, kind- oh yes. <laughs> short answer,
0: yes. Yeah. Kendra just finished a half marathon last weekend. So she's Ooh, like, good <laughs> yeah.
3: job. Um, how much caffeine did you drink before the race? Two cups of coffee. <laughs> <Ooh>.
0: <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. but yeah, the, um, the postpartum there is, unfortunately the six week mark is kind of arbitrary it's just kind of out there so you have to really um when you start feeling good um so it's not that you make it to your six week appointment and the doctor right then is just making sure like nothing's falling out like everything but they don't they're not testing to see how is your pelvic floor health so one thing um is to get connected with a pelvic floor physical therapist, even prior to having your baby. So number one, that you have that relationship um, and that relationship established. And then number two, so that you can kind of manage your pelvic floor health while you're carrying a baby, which there's a lot of stress on it. And then after, because it takes a while. Like you think about this, like it's a most major surgery. Like think if you were extracting like a liver from a man, would you, would they like, they would take longer than six weeks and we're extracting like an entire baby from our body. So, um, so it's just, it's when you feel that, but you can like start walking and getting that blood flow. Like that's the, probably the best exercise, um, to do because number one, you can't, it's unrealistic for you to not live lift above 10 pounds number with your baby and the diaper bag and your other kids and the car seat, that thing weighs like 50 pounds. And so, um, so you need to be able to do things that keep you strong, um, while you are, while you are postpartum. So, and then once you feel good, like if you go for a light jog, let's say, three months, so you've given yourself 12 weeks and you feel okay, then you can kind of expand on that. But if you go for a light jog and you've got pubic pain, you're leaking, um, even if you want the six pack abs, it's good to make sure that (laughs) (laughs) like there's nothing more going on that could be detrimental long-term. Um, and yeah, another
1: thing, another thing Tiffany and I really encourage is progressing and don't be, don't be afraid to say, okay, like, Let's say you are jogging and you're going for that jog three months postpartum and you do start leaning take it back and, you know, regress a little bit so you're, you can reevaluate your body where you're at so you know when to move forward. And there's no harm in that. And just kind of different different progressions work for different people at different phases in life. Like we talk about with nutrition as well. What works for one might not work for the other. And the same is true for exercise, especially postpartum. So when can you start doing abs?
3: <laughs> we are really focused on these six packs lately. Okay? <laughs> okay. Anchor moms <laughs> want six packs. This is our goal right now. <laughs>
0: um, you know, it again, it's it's all about that um, like if you if you are seeing a pelvic floor physical therapist and you do have any of that separating of your abs, <clears throat> it's when you can manage the pressure. So like if you, you know, do a sit-up and you find that there's either a lot of doming, um, and, mm-hmm. or that you can, there's a lot of separation, then you need to get that kind of fixed. And that means like, if you're doing a plank and, and you're like, yeah, I'm rocking it, but you've got this big meatloaf cone, like you cannot control the pressure. Then that's the time to say, okay, how do I do this? Cause there's, there's lots of things with, um, physical therapy that can help, you know, in your breathing to maintain, um, uh, like. I guess, stacking your eggs. So your ribs over your pelvis and kind of what that looks like. Um, so it's, it's very individualized, but if you are three months postpartum you can control the pressure, like you can hold a plank and it's not a problem. It doesn't hurt. Your lower back doesn't hurt. Then you can totally do planks, um, any sort of twisting motion. Um, yeah. Bar hanging. I mean, any abs as long as you can control the pressure. Okay. Yeah.
2: And can you guys talk a little bit about the pelvic floor stuff? You're reminding me, this was months ago before Ingrid um, was pregnant, but we were doing like a HIIT workout outside the station and we were doing, we must've been doing like squat, like jumping squats or something. And I was like, uh, I'm like peeing myself. And Ingrid was like, no, that like doesn't, ha- that doesn't happen. Ingrid's had, at that point had had two kids. I've only had one kid. She was like, yeah, that doesn't like, that doesn't happen for me. And I was like, well, you're so lucky. Like I thought that happened to like every mom, but if you're not a mom and you're listening to this or you don't suffer from this, can you just talk a little bit about, about sometimes what happens and like what, what all of that is all about after you have a baby?
1: (laughs) I will say this, this is not my expertise in my field. We've done some training on it. So like the person that you want to talk to is a pelvic floor PT. They know a lot more than we do about this. Um, but we do have that basic knowledge. And so when you are, like Tiffany mentioned, your pressure, when you have that extra pressure and your body can't hold it in, that's whenever you have that leaking, that pressure in there. And so we take it, that step and say, okay, let's progress downward. Instead of like the jump squats, let's do a, a jump and releve or like or a rise. Sorry. The ballet terms are coming out in me again. But, um, so whatever it works for you to kind of alleviate those symptoms, it's um, I know I keep coming back to this, but what works for you is going to be different than the next person because you guys didn't have the same pregnancies. Your genetics aren't the same. Your bodies aren't the same. And so that's totally okay. Um, and you might be able to run a further dif- distance, for example, without that same symptom, but, um, that specific exercise just doesn't work and that's okay.
0: Yeah. And Tiffany, you want
1: to go
0: ahead. Uh, well, I've, I had to go to pelvic floor physical therapy, uh-huh. um, And so what I found is that sometimes, um, like stress balls, like me, like everything is tight. And so when your pelvic, when your muscles are tight, then they don't relax. So then if they're always, if they're always tight, then they can't do that expanding which you need when you're doing like a jump squat which you might be able to to not do that or not do a jumping jack but be able to run like it's very different on what where you can relax and and where you can't but um a pelvic floor physical therapist can have you like they can they get very intimate but um they can have you like look at you see like feedback loop like you know which muscles to contract and when to relax them and once you learn that then it's then it can be really helpful so like Kendra said that we're definitely not pelvic floor pts like they are the bomb.com but they there's so many tools that they have to help you met, because it's like a must like your hamstring if your hamstring was tight you'd feel it and it wouldn't be awkward for you to go to somebody and then work on your hamstring but when your pelvic floor muscles are, you're just like, well, that's a, that's a whole nother yeah, level, but fair. I've had a baby yeah. and I push it out in front of 15 people. So I might as well, you know, <laughs> go to pelvic right. floor. Right. TV. Yeah, true. <laughs> right. And
2: kegels, isn't that what they say? Kegels are for?
0: <clears throat> kegels. Well, yeah, but if kegels? you are already, kegels? yeah, I don't know how to say it either. If you're already tight, <laughs> then you can't relax it. So all you're doing oh. is like shortening and shortening and shortening those muscles. Cause that's what I was doing. I was like, I'm a Kegel fool, you know, and she was like, stop, just stop doing
3: those. <laughs> oh, really?
0: Yeah. So they're really helpful. Um, so I yeah. have
3: another question um, to kind of switching gears a little bit. I am in a really big, as probably most of us are, um, mealtime rut with my three kiddos. Um, what advice do you have on healthy meals for the whole family?
1: oh this is our jam really
3: (laughs) so we love mealtime prep and huge
1: fans of it um one of the things that we really focus on as a really easy way to incorporate nice meals and healthy meals for our kids is theme night that's one thing that we encourage for example like sunday's spaghetti night in our house and that doesn't mean that it's limited to just spaghetti we can have spaghetti we can have any other type of noodles we can have lasagna Whatever it may be, but it has that theme, so it's like you don't have to think about, oh, what am I going to have? It's just already there. Like, okay, this is spaghetti night or noodle night or whatever it is. Like, you can switch up the sauces or the vegetables, but it gives you a theme to start off. Same with, like, Taco Tuesday or Meatless Monday. If you have a theme to kind of base it off of, it's way easier to start Mm -hmm. thinking about, okay, well, what's for dinner then? Um, Another thing we say is, okay, if you want to try out new recipes in the kitchen, don't overwhelm yourself from the beginning. Pick one or two new recipes per week. That way, it's not so overwhelming that you can go back to your favorites and you have those to come to kind of, you know, check out something new. If If you're in that rut and you're like, oh, I want to try something new, please help me. Like, just pick one or two. That way, it doesn't seem so overwhelming and you're more likely to stick to it. One of our other tips that we give is, have a storage of food in that freezer in your pantry. And so you know that you can come back to these favorites. Let's say, you know, soccer practice ran late and um, you didn't have time to prep like you thought you would for this dinner. So, you know, you have some noodles and some shredded cheese in the refrigerator, frozen broccoli. Okay, that's a meal. You have your protein, carbs, and fat, all good. Um, Kids love it. And it's easy to make and go on with the rest
0: of the evening. So those are my top three tips. Um, well, and other things is like dinner. I know, um, it's, it's in our heads. Like it is a meal, but sometimes, um, you can just have a picnic. Like there's some whole grain crackers, some cheese, some, um, fruit, maybe some snap peas, and you've got some deli meat rolled up. Kendra, I, we tried your muffin tin thing and put them all in muffin tins, like, like a little bit of beans and some almonds and some grapes and some cheese and some crackers. And the boys just went crazy. Like I had to refill it three times. And, um, and it was, and that's a lot of fun. Or like you just, um, have just sandwiches, but you have them either on the floor, like if you can't go outside, you know, because it's bad weather and that's a picnic. And for the kids, it's so fun. Um, and it's easy for you, like, as long as you're giving them nutrition, it doesn't have to be, and you're hearing this from registered dietitians, like, it doesn't have to be this complex meal, like, it can be very simple. Um, and when we have busy days, like, we'll just have sometimes homemade popcorn and cheese and fruit. And it's, like, it's fine. That's my kind of dinner. Yeah. Like yeah that sounds amazing. It's not all the time, but it is something like that does count. Like you are still, and you're, and that's like the fun thing about, you know, dinners. Cause sometimes you're like, Oh my gosh, just eat the Brussels sprout, you know, like just <laughs> put one in your mouth. And then, but then when they have something that they, um, are, you know, are just exposed to, like you can throw in some different vegetables in that muffin tin picnic, um, Dinner, And they might try it like you could try olives and they might try it because they're picking everything or they might be like, not today, you know, so mm-hmm. it's just having fun with it that it doesn't have to be such a big production um, that it can be just very simple peppered in there. Do you guys remember when you were little and you
1: had like breakfast for dinner, and how cool you thought that was? Yeah, (laughs) absolutely.
0: That's that's I do that night too. Yeah,
1: I'm like, kids, do you want scrambled eggs for dinner? Like, I have two minutes. Yeah, yes,
0: (laughs) yes. Yes.
1: Um, But also, do you have any tips as to how we can possibly get vegetables into these toddlers? I mean, oh, it's like impossible. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the main things is. Exposure. So first of all, just don't give up. So, um, constantly exposing them, let them have fun with their food, play with it. You can put it into different shapes, whatever it is that just allows them to have fun with it. So, you know, contrary to what most you've probably heard growing up, don't play with your food. Don't play with your food. We're like, play with your food, play with you, have fun with it, touch it, feel it, taste it all of that is exposure even if it's not going down their throats. so as long as they're having fun they're learning about what it is they can ask questions about it you know talk about what color it is and why the green fluffy vegetable on top with this nice strong stalk is so good for your bones because it has all this calcium in it so you're painting it in this light. it's a lot of fun and enjoyable And then another thing I would say is just give them a small portion. If it's something that's new, Tiffany mentioned this with the muffin tin idea is just a small portion. Sometimes kids are overwhelmed when they see a large quantity of food and it's like, oh my gosh, I have to eat all this. Or, you know, it just can seem very overwhelming. You know, we get overstimulated with like in a crowd, for example. Um, The same thing goes with with the plate of food in front of them. So you want to make sure that, you know, give them a little bit to start off with. If they can always ask for more, it's always nice to ask for more but having just a little bit to kind of start out with this good and then consider dips, like whether it's, you know, a little yeah. bit of ranch or hummus or whatever it is. Again, that kind of goes back to the fun stuff. But if you know, it's something that they like, then, you know, there's nothing wrong with a little dip on that too. Yeah. Um, um, I, all good advice.
0: Yes. I do have to say the boys will be up in four <clears throat> minutes. They're clocking okay. yeah. screen <laughs> so I'm How do you know? No. <laughs> How do? I, oh, because it's almost seven. They like they're like seven o'clock. They're up, huh? No, they have a clock that turns green. They have to stay in their bed till seven.
3: Oh, that is. Oh, mm-hmm.
0: see, you're such a smart mom. Well, no, I just trying to contain the crazy. <laughs>
3: um, well, thank you. We can wrap it up, but thank you guys so much for joining us. This was uh, so amazing. I feel like we could chat with you guys and ask you a million more questions, but <laughs> absolutely <laughs> this was fantastic.
0: Yes, thank you.
1: And let us know You're how welcome. people can find you. We are on Instagram at Fueling Life Nutrition, all one word. You can also go to our website www.fuelinglifenutrition.com and find us there.
3: Again, that was Tiffany and Kendra from Fueling Life Nutrition. Thank you so much to both of them. I learned a lot. You guys know I'm... One of those people who likes to pretend like I'm a really hardcore runner, but I'm not the most fit person in the world. So I'm always looking for new tips on eating and exercise and all of that. All moms are, right? We all want to be like that super hip, cool, fit mom, right? Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we already were, Karen. What? Oh, what?
1: We're not. I mean, I mean. To be.
3: I mean, this is for all the moms who aren't there yet, right? Oh, I just wanted to right. right. catch everybody right. else up. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, I'm right. sitting here,
1: like, rubbing my big belly. like. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yep, sounds great. Yep, I'm gonna go get uh-huh. some McDonald's. Cool and <laughs> hip over here. <laughs> uh, anyway, some great advice. Um, hope you enjoyed it as much as we did, and hope everyone has a great week.